0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Natural Running Network. My name is Richard Diaz, and what I hope to do is introduce you to some amazing athletes and luminaries from the sports science community. And what has come to be expected i'll provide some highly opinionated rants on all aspects of endurance sports and my current favorite obstacle course racing but before i get started i want to give a shout out to human octane if you're the kind of person who pushes the limit then you've got to check out human octane apparel training and racing apparel designed by ocr athletes and these guys just get it everything they make dries lightning fast has zippered pockets Is abrasion resistant in high contact areas without bulky padding? I've gotten to know these guys, and trust me, they're going to out-innovate the competition when it comes to OCR gear. Check them out at humanoctane.com. Now sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. I have the profound pleasure to finally get Nicole Miracle on the line with me. And she is on a trail somewhere somewhere near Boulder, Colorado, at this very moment. Say hello to everybody, Nicole. Hello. (laughs) With a little enthusiasm, tell everybody how much you're so pleased to be here and whatever.
0: Oh, I am super excited to be on your podcast. (laughs) Excellent.
1: So, Nicole, uh, let's start with the fact that you came up through the University of Rice, you ran cross-country, you told me earlier that your focus was steeplechase. How in the heck did you get involved in OCR? Seems like you're you're kind of fresh in the sport.
0: Yes, I am about to go into my tenth uh, Spartan race. So pretty, and and, and coming up on the one year mark since I started. So with just a year under my belt. Um, it it was kind of a, an interesting introduction to OCRs. My friend um, just thought, you know, you're a runner, you're a climber, you'd probably enjoy these obstacle course races. And I had no idea what they're about. I thought my my image of obstacle course racing was you dress up in crazy costumes and you run through the mud. And I had no idea there was this actual competitive side to it until my friend started to explain it, to explain more about the races and the different types of, you know, Spartans and, um, Savage races and, and whatnot. And I thought, well, okay, that, that sounds like fun. And I'm starting to run more on trails. This is like this time last year. And so I thought that it would, would be a good fit, but, um, yeah, I really had no idea what I was getting into.
1: <laughs> Were you rock climbing a lot going into this?
0: Yeah, um, I've been uh, I've been rock climbing for about five years now, I'd say. And um, so I was I I had a pretty good background in climbing, was feeling pretty strong. I really wasn't running that much when I when my first race came up last May. Uh, I was just getting back into running because I had a pretty much like a three year hip injury. Oh.
1: Cow. So
0: and that that's what initially pushed me to running on trails more than road and track. Hmm. So it was kind of a a transition into trail running and then into off-school course racing.
1: And you told me earlier that uh, you were running pretty much everything from an 800 to a 10K in college. Can you give me some numbers on your (laughs) PRs?
0: Um, My PR in the 800 comes from high school actually, and I ran 212, Um, never ran faster in college. And then um, my 1,500-meter time is 425. And um, my mile time indoor, I think, is like 449 um, or 450, something like that. And then my chase is 1007. Wow. And um, 5K. About, yeah,
1: I'm sorry.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, I, I forgot about this. <laughs> um, my 5K is... 16:38. Um, it wasn't a great race. I, I I would like to say that I had the potential of going like around 16 minutes, just based on what my teammates ran. Um, but
1: I but I didn't run the 5K for many times. Wow.
0: So. Yeah.
1: Well, clearly, with those kind of times, that I, I know people are going to hear this and go, oh crap, because that's <laughs> that's pretty fast. 16 minutes in a 5k in this sport for women that's that's right up there that's 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 hell to reckon with
0: yeah that's my that's my goal is to intimidate my competition my competition
1: with my time uh, well i would think that'll <laughs> do it and so far it seems to be working out for you
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's been a good season so far
1: and uh, Just two races down yeah so seattle how'd that go
0: Um, So Seattle, I went in feeling pretty confident in my fitness, just based on racing San Jose a few weeks before, Um, and I got a little bogged down with the heavy carries. It's not something that has ever been my, my strength, but it really kind of shocked me, the double sandbag. So I went from leading half the race to getting a little bit slower in the double sandbag carry I missed my sphere and then just got disconnected from the first two girls. So I ended up third, which I was still very happy with the placement of that. Um, that's my best placement in any Spartan race so far um, with that, like move that, that amount of competition at least. So, so
1: do you yeah, think so that, I'm happy with it. Good. So do you think that uh, mm-hmm. Alyssa Holly just the sheer strength is kind of what uh, made the difference?
0: Yeah. You know, uh, she is just, really strong girl and then also she's learned how to run i think that's made the biggest difference in her performance from last year to this year and even just over the last year season you could see that that she was really really getting into better running shape but she still has all that strength as well
1: yeah we had an appointment schedule her and i a couple weeks back and one thing or another just didn't line up and we couldn't get it done but we've been toying with being together and uh, I'm looking forward to getting a look at her. I had Faye out here a while back, mm-hmm. and I got a chance to work with her a little bit. So, oh, nice. Yeah, I got a sense of kind of where things are going. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you popped up, and i got to tell you, Hunter has a lot of faith in you. He thinks you're the girl to beat this year.
0: <laughs> I know. Um, I, I I let him down this last race, man. Yeah, I was a little bummed. <laughs>
1: I, I heard him kind of giving you grief about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's going to give you a chance to get back at him in Monterey. And uh, that's going to be kind of his coming out party, I think.
0: Yeah, we'll see
1: how all of the CrossFit treats him. <laughs> well, forget the CrossFit. We're going to get away from that between now and then because I really want to see oh, him get his running legs back and, and lose some of that poof. He's he got a little <laughs> puffy. His weight's coming down, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. But, um Oh, good. I think when he's in form, he's just really tough to beat. Yeah. Definitely. He's fast for a big boy. He is.
0: Yeah. I told him all he has to do is roll down the hill in Monterey. Yeah. And he'll beat everyone.
1: <laughs> well, the, I think the the defining factor last year, short of him getting stuck on that, uh, that Tyrolene ladder or whatever it was, is the um, the heavy carries on the steep hills. I think that was really what made a big difference for him okay yeah but anyway to his
0: to his in his favor you mean
1: yeah yeah he was well he was leading yeah for most of the race and mm-hmm. and uh it just kind of went sideways when he got he looked like i told him i said he looked like a uh um what is it a um a, a dolphin in a tuna net is what he looked like oh <laughs> all right so uh who do you think is going to be your biggest challenge in monterey
0: um, in Monterey, you know, it's it's really hard for me to say. I I think that Ray is a strong runner, and I know that Fay is very determined at this point to get back up on the podium, and so definitely can't count her out. And even though it's a flatter, more runnable course, I think Alyssa will still be up there. And then of course, there's always Lindsay. Monterey.
1: So you think I think it's a flat that course
0: well, uh yeah- I mean, compared to Palmerton and to Asheville, I would call it flat, wow, <laughs> even though it is pretty hilly,
1: yeah, well, I was just looking at but the elevation changes with Hunter just the other day and and I know there's a i mean there's not really really tall hills but pretty steep inclines,
0: yeah, you know, I guess what i would better what I would more describe it as it's just a runnable course, so mm-hmm. it's it's hills that are all runnable or, or they're very steep and short, mm-hmm. you know? So it's not like a, a mountain goat race. Got it. So, and for, for me, like I, I prefer something that's hilly, but still runnable. And Seattle was more, um, lots of scrambling over muddy rocks and muddy trees and, and logs on the ground. And so I think that slowed me down a lot. Um, so I'm really looking forward to a very runnable course. <laughs>
1: Got it. Well, I could see why.
0: For crying yeah. out loud, I mean,
1: you're throwing down a 16 minute 5K. That's it's going to be rough for a lot of these girls. Um, so what uh, what distance is really your favorite?
0: In obstacle racing?
1: Yeah.
0: Or yes. Um, so I've only ran I've only ran supers and beasts, and then I've done. I'm trying to think. The shortest course I've done is probably, probably like a five-mile savage race. So I've never done anything like the like the sprint distance, actually. Um, so I can't really say because I think I would really like sprints. <laughs>
1: That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. If you ran 800 and you were doing steeplechases, I, I would think that uh, anything under like a uh, like a 3K, 5K format would be really right in your wheelhouse.
0: Yeah, I would love to try one sometime.
1: Yeah, well, you're going to get a chance, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you have know, signs on going to World Championships? I'm not talking about Spartan. I'm talking about OCR World Championships.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, yep. Um, that was my best uh, race last year. I played second at OCR Worlds in the the main 15K course. So I'll definitely be back. And this year I would love to try the short course, the 3K.
1: Cool. So what's a long-range game for you? I mean, what do you hope to get out of all this, aside from just having a good time?
0: Um, you know, a year ago, I just wanted to get back to racing and have that, that really awesome, you know, adrenaline and competition again because I missed it for three years. Mm-hmm. So I'm still kind of in that boat. I'm still in just, like, really loving the competition and enjoying the training for it. Um, so yeah, I just think that it's a lot of fun to race again, and that's still kind of new for me. Cool, cool. So,
1: what was the hip injury? Did you say you had a torn labrum?
0: Yes, I have two tears in my right hip, and I have one in my left hip. Wow. And my left hip is totally fine, but my right my right hip has uh, gave me gave me trouble for about three years. Yeah.
1: Okay, and can you attribute? the injuries to anything in particular that you were doing?
0: Yes. (laughs) The first one happened uh, when I was rock climbing and I was doing a very, very dumb move that I would never do now that I actually know what I'm doing. And then the right hip tears, they were just an overuse thing. I don't know. It wasn't just like a a one singular moment. It was just like. um, Over time. Just from. Yeah. mm
1: -hmm. Okay. Kind of a bummer. Got it. All right, so here's here's the uh, the secret sauce question and comments, okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, Hunter told me that for a while that uh, you you worked for Hoka. I did. Yep. And he thought that was fun for me because um, <laughs> I uh, I don't love Hoka. You don't? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> and uh, he even <laughs> told me that you sent him a pair. And he was running through, he did a trail run with him, and he just felt like he was on cloud. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: all yeah. true. <laughs> if you
1: ever dug back through some of my podcasts, you'll you'll have heard me talk about all the rationale for why I don't like those really heavily cushioned shoes. Hmm. And I should tell well... you, by the way, Decker, <laughs> what's it, Decker, uh, Decker Sport? Decker Outdoor, I guess it is, right?
0: hmm Decker's brands
1: now, yeah. Yeah, they the their headquarters, or at least their distribution or whatever, is about three quarters of a mile from my house.
0: Oh yeah, near yeah. Galita.
1: Well, no, there uh, there's guys there's a, there's a I know there's a place in Galita, but there's a there's a big either distribution center or something in Camarillo oh, where, okay. I, where I live, which is I'm a little oh, yeah. south of Galita. Nice. Um,
0: um,
1: and I have some friends that work for Decker. When they fir- the shoes first came out, they sent me a pair, and I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you his name, but somebody from inside that's pretty uh, tied to the business, who was actually one of my clients, sent me a pair of the shoes. He goes, oh, Richard, you got to try these shoes. I said, Hey, dude, you know who you're talking to, right? He goes, Yeah, 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 I know, but you got to try them. And he gave me this. You know, I ran the rim to rim and blah 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 blah. You got to try them. And he sent me a pair. I got about um, oh. A block away from my house, turned around, came home, had my wife sell them on eBay.
0: (laughs) Not for you, huh?
1: (laughs) Well, I have a lot of reasons why they're not for me, and I'm gonna. Have you
0: tried? Have you tried a pair recently?
1: Well, what would be different?
0: Well, because for me, when uh, before I was hired. I tried a pair of hokas back when they had the mafate and the Bondi; these like really, really big ones. And I was just very confused. I was like, I can't feel the ground. Like, what is this? And I didn't think it was for me either. But since they've come out with different models, um, they they have a model that I still do, I'd say, a significant amount of my training in. And it's, it's still cushioned, but it's a little bit more responsive. And I found that it has a lot of good protection for my metatarsals. I'm kind of um, just like I just have a propensity to have uh, stress fractures in my metatarsals, and it's kind of kept me healthy. But that's just my little story about them. (laughs) Well, that's a good
1: story. That's a good story. Mm -hmm. My biggest argument is the whole physiology and the neural connection between the ground and mm-hmm. the afferent feedback that you're supposed to gather from the ground that you are absent when you're in such a puffy and cushiony shoe. So it isn't mm-hmm. just about Hoka. It's all the shoes that followed that, that that line of thinking that I felt very uncomfortable with. And um, mm-hmm. because I teach people to run, to me, when you get into a shoe that's real, real soft and cushy like that, it... Uh, it gives you creative license that you don't earn and you, mm-hmm. you become irresponsible with the way you make contact with the ground. Now, yep. when you talk to me about metatarsal stress syndrome, I look at other concerns. I, that makes me wonder about nutritional concerns, especially as a female athlete. I know, well, I, you know who Joe Hill is, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. He, um, so my, my at Rice, Jim Bevan was, um, kind of like um, mentored under Dobie hill
1: well joe spoke a lot on the concern of anemia in female athletes endurance athletes Mm -hmm. and how he had um, various concoctions that he created to help to stem the tide of that anemia because it seems to be rampant and even in most cases the women are not aware that they're having these issues and those type of things can really lay heavily on your bone density but anyway I would have thought nutrition when I started concerned myself yeah. about the way my feet were breaking down.
0: Yeah, I I actually have struggled with anemia my entire running career. And I've I've had good blood results the last few years. Um which hopefully that continues, knock on wood. <laughs> um but that is something that's still I mean I still have major concern. I down iron pills and
1: do all the tricks. Yeah. Well, it's important. I know it's important. Have you ever had a an occasion where you kind of uh, lose sight, where things like turn blue or turn black, your eyesight?
0: Um. No, yeah. I've never heard of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I actually had a couple of girls that I worked with, cross-country runners in high school, and these girls, their diets were just terrible. And uh, one of them, when she'd be running, literally everything would turn blue. She couldn't see. Interesting. And really scary. And um, hmm. I started getting her on to some blackstrap molasses and have her eating some, uh, like, organic uh, licorice and things like this, and mm-hmm. it went away. It was really hmm. weird. Anyway, for whatever it's worth, I I just, uh, I, it's interesting you pointed out that, that out because I tied that together. I started thinking about when you start having issues with bone density, as a female endurance athlete, these are the kind of things that we look at.
0: Yeah. Instead of
1: putting a big mattress under your foot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it's at least a band aid for now. <laughs> yeah,
1: well okay. So that's not, that, not
0: the best thing maybe. <laughs> that, that was
1: my argument. And I think you handled it all yeah. very nicely. You didn't get mad to hang up <laughs> on me, so we're good.
0: Oh no. I I have heard so many arguments for and against pokas, and I just you know, you, you can't argue with the ones that they come to you and they say Oh my gosh! Because have changed my life. Yeah. And other people, definitely not for them. Right. So.
1: Well, yeah. yeah. I. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, there's there's so many. You get people that everything changes their life. They go on a lousy diet, and they lost five pounds, and all of a sudden it changed their life. Until they get the weight back, right? There, mm-hmm. there any time there's change, you can expect that there's going to be some benefit initially and then you got to look at the long run. Sometimes you know the 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 uh what am I looking for? The words are uh the cushy sweet feeling that you're having initially may not be what you're looking for down the road. I don't know. Anyway, we'll mm-hmm. leave it alone.
0: Yeah. I I totally understand. I have I had the same concerns um even starting the job with Hoka, and since since leaving there i run in a variety of shoes and and i do stick to the hoka's that are a little more responsive
1: well i'm assuming that since you got to deal with reebok that's what you got to race in right yes and i do race in them <laughs> yeah well you got to i understand
0: and it's very different from a hoka
1: <laughs> yes it is very much so now keep yeah. in mind that these these shoes that you have to race in are quite a departure from the kind of shoes that you're training in
0: which, they are. which yeah. leads me
1: to the other argument that I have is that I don't like to see deviation in the format of the shoe between training and racing. I you think, don't like to see deviation? No, I think if you're gonna if mm-hmm. you're gonna race in a low profile light shoe, you got to learn to train that way. Because yeah. when you you go back and forth between them, that sets you up for injury all by itself. Hmm. Yeah, you got to listen to some of the shows I did with Dr. Emily Splico She's got if. Just for fun, go to Evidence-Based mm-hmm. Fitness Academy online and check out some of the things she talks about. Um, okay. It's really pretty fascinating when you look at the, the research and, and the physiology of the way this whole mapping off the ground and into your, your kinetic chain, right up into your pelvic floor, how all this stuff kind of interacts. She has people do exercises barefoot before they run. And they do the barefoot exercises before they run on whatever surface they plan to run on. And what it does is it, it it preempts the feedback that your body is going to require when you finally put the shoes on. It's really pretty fascinating when you look at what she's talking about. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know whether it's accurate or whether it works, but she seems to feel pretty strongly about it interesting. Yeah, it is kind of
0: cool. Well, one thing that one thing that I that I experienced in my hip injury is that I for a while I couldn't run at night and pretty much anything that decreased proprioception made my hip way worse. Wow. Wow. And um and something that like my balance on that side is still is still in, inhibited a little bit compared to my other side. Um, but I can run at night now
1: and other things are better. (laughs) Would you consider yourself a midfoot runner or would you consider yourself a heel striker?
0: Uh, I think I am a midfoot runner, even though it doesn't look like that when
1: I run. (laughs) Oh, I got it. I
0: don't know if that makes sense. (laughs)
1: Um, okay. So your perception is that you're on your midfoot. If you looked at it on video, it would appear that you're on your heel.
0: No, it just, I have, um, I don't know. I, I don't think I've watched enough videos of myself recently to know if I'm still heel, heel striking, but um, I, ha- I kind of like, I kick my feet out in front of me, but I think they do make it under me in the end.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does.
1: It does make sense. <laughs> okay. And that's what's really important. As long as you make contact near your center of mass, we're all good to go. Mm-hmm. No matter what you're doing. Wow. Well, I, you know, I'm going to be out there on Monterey. And uh, I don't know. It's going to be a tough race.
0: Yeah. I'm going to take it out hard.
1: Are you? <laughs> Are you feeling good oh, yeah. about
0: it? Well, I think um, the last, like, maybe every race, I've taken it out pretty hard. So I think it's, like, kind of affected from everybody, too. <laughs> but yeah, I'm feeling good. And I think that i got to stick with, with that strategy
1: of hopefully outrunning people. <laughs> well, on paper, it sounds like that's going to happen. It's just a matter of whether you get through the obstacles and deal with some of the heavy carries, right?
0: Yeah, just got to get through those heavy carries.
1: Between now and then, you got to walk around with a cinder block on your back and tell you to oh, man. <laughs> get, get seriously toughened up, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> got to go buy some more sandbags.
1: Do you do a lot of that kind of work? I mean, do you do some hill repeats with uh, with load?
0: Um, honestly, I have I have never done that before. I um, I like to climb to rock climb, and I enjoy running on trails. And I do have a bucket to carry around, um, but I partly because of time constraints, and partly because it's not my most fun thing to do. I really haven't. I haven't bought sandbags. I haven't done much training like that. So I think I need to do some more sport-specific training.
1: Yeah, well, I know that the bucket carries and these heavy carries in Spartan racing are a big deal, and that seems to be what separates the wheat from the chafe. So clearly Mm -hmm. some some attention to that detail is required. I'd like to see. Do you
0: have any suggestions?
1: Yeah, well, I have a couple workouts that I do. I don't do them, mind you but I have people do. It's a whole lot more fun Mm -hmm. to dole it out than it is to actually receive these workouts. Oh, I'm sure. I have a workout I call the Farmer's Daughter. And essentially what it is, it's a series of hill repeats. For example, you, you have to decide what kind of load you're going to use. You could use dumbbells. You can use a bucket. You can use sandbags. But some overload. And I like it to be Yeah, I'd like it to be about, uh, in your case, probably about 25, 30% of your body weight. Okay. And what you would do is you find a hill, no problem for you being in Boulder, but find a relatively steep hill that you can run up for about 45 seconds to a minute. And to start with, you warm up. Maybe do some burpees, do heavy squats. Heavy squats meaning whatever load you're carrying with you, not uh, air squats. And then when you're ready to go, you hammer up the hill with your load. You drop the load off at the top, wherever wherever you're going to stop, whether 45 seconds to a minute up. You jog back down. You run back up without the load. You pick up the load and carry it back down and do repeats like that. So okay. what ends up happening is that every other time that you go up the hill, you have load, and every other time you have no load. And what it does is you're, neurologically what you're doing is you're loading the legs and unloading the legs, and that's just a different sensation. Your legs be- become accustomed to the load, and being free of the load, you actually are recruiting more muscle fibers when you go up the, the hill without the load. So it helps to improve your speed. Mm-hmm. So what you'll notice is that, the third time that you run up the hill, for the same effort, is faster, because you're getting more horsepower to go up the hill with. And so mm. the, the farmer's daughter workout, we do that for like 45 minutes, and then when that's done, we do some 400 meter repeats, just on flat ground. And and uh, are
0: when you're when you're just running up without the load, are you running fast?
1: Fast or as, you as you just- can. Okay. Fast as you can with, but, with the load or without the load. The only time that you jog is on the way down. Okay. So you're just going up with the load, getting rid of it, on top, coming down, mm-hmm. running back up to get it, bring it down, run back up with it, drop it off, come back down, run back up without it. You know, I guess do repeats like that. And what you want to do, too, okay. is you, you want to, I like to use heart rate. So use heart rate as a governor. And what ends up happening is when you get to the bottom of the hill, you have a recovery heart rate you want to achieve before you attempt another interval. And so mm-hmm. that kind of governs the the recovery time so that it ensures that every time you go up the hill that you're fresh enough to produce more work. Okay. As opposed to just letting fatigue start to win the day and then get sloppy and muddy and you're thinking, okay, i got to do this for 45 okay. minutes and the last 20 minutes of it are really muddy and they're not very valuable to you it's just a, a suffer fest that well, seems sounds like me, a tough workout it's a pretty tough workout it's a it's a good one what's another one we do i have so many i just i'm trying to think of a good one <laughs> um we do one i call it uh training the, is it the dark side i have to look i can't even remember the name i give them stupid names because i want to be different right but we do one where you just simply do some burpee squats at the bottom Sprint up the hill, same distance, 45 seconds to a minute. Get to the top of the hill, and then do air squats at the top of the hill. Jog back down and do repeats like that. So basically you're just doing hill interval repeats, but you, you want to load your legs up at the top, and you want to load your legs up at the bottom before you run or after. Okay. And then yeah. what it does is kind of a lactate tolerance training because you get so acidic from having done the squats before you start to sprint up the hill. That it just kind of beats you down. And then the same thing—you want to use recovery heart rate at the bottom to ensure that you're fresh enough to produce good work every time you do it. Okay. But I'm inclined to do these uh, shorter duration, high intensity interval hill repeats, opposed to simply just suffering up a mountain. You know, where some people that just want to—they'll go an hour of climbing, and it turns into a death march. And I mean I'm sure there's value in that, but from a standpoint of trying to get somebody to go faster, I just think it's a little too off putting. I just don't think it's as effective.
0: And are these in so intense that you would really only implement them later in the season? Or is it
1: something Oh no, they need to be they need to be in, in your week. They need to be in, Okay. I like to see uh something like that happen at least once, maybe even twice a week. Especially mm-hmm. if you're gonna be racing in that Spartan super distance where you're, you know, you're inside of about eight miles where it's not going to be a function of energy anymore. You know, you're going to, you're going to have plenty of energy to get the work done. Mm -hmm. It's more intensity. You want to beat people, right? Oh yeah. It's all about beating people. I don't hand out awards (laughs) for, for showing up. (laughs) I think it's a bad idea. (laughs) Well, look, Nicole, so, I'm uh, looking forward to getting a chance to meet you in person when we get up to Monterey. And I know that you're going to have duties with your Spartan team. But you might have heard I'm hosting a carbo-load party. I fr- did not hear that. Friday night. Okay. I'm actually cooking. This is going to be like home-cooked pasta. Oh, wow. I'm cooking it. I'm going to. I'm not going to cook it there. I'm going to cook it, and then I'm going to bring it up there, and I'm going to reheat it up there. My pasta is always better the second day, the sauce anyway.
0: This is like, this is homemade pasta? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's going to be by invitation. You're invited. Oh, well, um, thanks. Yeah, but um, we can't talk about where it's going to be or what time it's going to be because, <laughs> you know, I'm only going to be able to cook for so many people. But, okay. But I will are,
0: keep it on the down low.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I'll, I'll message you later and let you know where and when and how, but It's a treat. And incidentally, I'm also just uh, so you know, going to do some instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization work. Do you know oh, what? The, okay. Do you know what that is?
0: Um, are you doing like grafting?
1: There you go. It's very much like that, yeah. but uh, it's I'm using the Rock blade. Have you seen it?
0: No, I don't think so.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's a different concept. I would suggest to you that it's actually. Great for pre-race performance. Um, okay, it's a function of just getting some facial movement and you know flushing some of the edema out of the tired and overworked joints. Mm-hmm. In some cases, followed up with some taping, and that's like it's amazing. It's simply amazing what what it does. But I'm gonna offer up a little bit of that work as the day goes on. That sounds uh, great. If you got any bumps and grinds you might want to catch me in a lobby or something. All right. I'm sure I will have them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, look, I, I thank you so much for uh, taking the time to, to to do this with me. And uh, again, we'll connect when we get to Monterey. Sounds great. Thanks so much. Stay safe and train hard. I will. Pick up heavy stuff. Well, friends, it's time to bring another show to a close. Be sure and tune in to us next week. We've got a lot of great content in store for you. I want you to tell your friends to check us out. You can always find us on Facebook. Simply go search the Natural Running Network. Drop us a message. I'd love to learn more about you and the things you do. And until then, you have an amazing day.